Hi, everyone. My name is Amanda Lieslove, and I'm a registered holistic nutritionist. And today I have Kathy on the show. So welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about your story. My story. So I, if you would have asked me 10 years ago what I would be doing in 10 years, it would never have been this. Um, I just thought that I, life was how it went, you know, um, I didn't know that there was anything wrong with me or that I had a condition other than my type one diabetes. So I experienced quite a lot of, um, child, child loss, miscarriage, and I got to um, went to see a healer. And I realized, he told me that I'm a healer. And I'm like, no. But I started doing that and working with clients. And a lot of clients came to me who had fibromyalgia. And in my work as a spiritual healer, they, um, we worked on these issues, but it always went back to childhood. How they felt as a child, um, what they were experiencing, their relationship with their parents. So we healed that, but I got to learn about fibromyalgia from my clients. It was a really strange way to do it. And when they were talking about what they were, and I came away and researched it because I'd never heard of it. And I'm like, oh, I have that. I had that. I had that. I've still got that. I've got that. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm like, oh my God. But because I was type 1 diabetic, I put it all down to that. Right. So for years, I thought um, that the pain down the side of my legs was from injecting. Forgetting that I'd been on a pump for 10 years and didn't need to inject. Um, so I just put it down to being something wrong with me. Faulty, faulty, I was faulty. And when I found this out, I was like, oh my God, I had this. And because of the healing work I'd done, I'd healed quite a lot of the stuff around it. So I wasn't on loads of painkillers for my back. I didn't have to go and see the um, chiropractor every three weeks. I was able to run about with my children. I had so much more energy. Um, but I was like, oh, my God, it wasn't that there was something wrong with me in myself. It was that there was a physical something wrong with me. So... What I've come to, I'm an inner child healer now. It's so powerful. It's what I've chosen to specialize in. So anyone that comes to me because they don't like anything that's happening in their life now, whether that's physical conditions, emotional conditions, or just what's happening, then it's always related to childhood. And my experience is that fibromyalgia, and I think it's acknowledged now, is to do with childhood trauma. So that's a little bit about me. And we don't, yeah, it's, we find out that childhood trauma is starting to play a part in fibromyalgia, I feel like, where it's sort of starting to be recognized, but it's still not talked about as enough as it should be. Oh, no, you know, it's still, everybody seems to ask for the pill. Gabartim or something I keep seeing and there's another few and um, but I've noticed as well that quite a lot of people who are being diagnosed now their doctors are asking them this so 
it's fantastic that it is actually coming into play. Yeah, because I think we what we do is we get the pill, <laughs> like we, and there's not a magic bullet for getting better. You have to do the inner work. Well, that's the thing because it's come about because something in you isn't in alignment. You've been, right. Your energy has been knocked out. And I always say to my clients, what better way is there to carry on beating yourself up than to have a condition that nobody knows about? Like I didn't know about it. Um, no, I didn't either. That's it. So you just keep thinking that there's something inherently wrong with you. Right. And you go to the doctors and they'll treat little bits of it. So they'll give you painkillers and maybe send you for physiotherapy and that type of stuff. But there's not, you don't put it all together. So there's no better way to show yourself that you are unworthy, ungrateful, lazy, don't deserve anything than to have fibromyalgia. Yeah, I, I was diagnosed with it almost 11 years ago and I had never even heard of it. And they're like, oh, here's a pamphlet and here's the medication, right? And the physical therapy, right? So I find there, it's still not, it's still that way in the US and I'm probably sure it's in the UK where they don't look at, okay, what is your trauma that you're dealing with? But you know, I just saw something, one in 20 people in America have fibromyalgia. And one in 20. That means everybody should know at least one or two people with it. Yeah. And you know, the more it goes into your awareness, you, you know more people. Yeah. We know so many people now that we're on constantly at home do, on social media. We're constantly like trying to connect with people, right? Yeah. And so I find, and then if you're with a health condition, fibromyalgia, you're tried to connect with all these people across the world because you can't connect outside of the home because you're too exhausted. And it's good though, isn't it, social media? Because even like five years ago, yeah. you would have been so isolated. Yeah. But now you've got, you know, you've there's so many fibromyalgia groups on Facebook where you can talk to people who experience the same as you, but as you and I know, there's a danger about that. There's very danger about it. Because you get stuck in that victim mentality. And yeah. I often see it where people are sort of like having a one-upmanship on their symptoms. So, oh, I couldn't get out of bed. No, I couldn't get out of bed and I had a headache. Or I couldn't do this yeah. and there was something else. Yeah. And I think it's great that people can connect, but I do notice that there's a kind of there's a kind of bonding through illness. Yeah, I, I find that too. And I'm sort of grateful. I, Facebook groups weren't even really popular back when I was diagnosed. <laughs> because you find people are getting down, stuck down the rabbit hole of just saying, well, I'm so, I'm so sick and I can't get better. And then it's random advice. So, and then you're not like, for me, it's like, oh, well, what are you doing about it? 
and they don't want to hear that you know if somebody says somebody's talking about something and you offer them a way not to be that person anymore they don't want to know because that is who they are and it's serving them in some way to have this fibromyalgia so to yeah. suggest somebody that you know actually if you were to do a little bit of exercise so not saying go and join the gym I'm just saying walk do that if you were to change your diet just drop a few things out you'll notice the difference but so my brother here's an example my brother has passed away now he had cancer three times lymphoma wow. I've done a lot of work on yeah. the lymph system for type yeah. 1 diabetic and um I've followed Dr. Morse for quite a while about the lymph system. So I know one of the biggest blockers of lymph is dairy. So mm -hmm. yeah. would he give up his cheese? <laughs> right. No. I'd rather go and have chemo and be very, very poorly for the majority of it. And just before he went into hospital the last time, which wasn't even connected to the cancer, but it was from it yeah he just decided to give up dairy he'd threw the butter he'd threw the cheese away so wow. people can't make that connection because we are so used to going to the doctor and then giving you the pill that's going to take away the pain but it might work for a little bit as a placebo because the doctor's told you that it's going to work yeah. And then, you know, you have a stressful incident and we all know that um, stress makes your symptoms so much worse. Yeah. And then it's like that tablet's not going to work anymore. So give me another tablet. And the thing is, though, we don't know or we do know and it's not publicised how much side effects are created by that one pill. There, it's not, it's not publicized. Well, in America, we have it on our commercials, but people don't pay attention. And it's so tiny, isn't it? You it's tiny it. and you get your um, pill and, and stuff. And then there's a little brochure thing saying all the side effects, but that's pretty tiny too. <laughs> and you just so, want get better and you're told all the time that the only way you can get better is another pill right and then and then where's the where are, is the whole thing about getting okay why why are you so sick why are you going through it why are you holding on to, you're holding on to something you're holding on to that trauma back in your childhood that's suppressing your immune system and suppressing everything. And then it's still showing you that you're no good. Yeah, it's showing you. That you don't why. deserve to be happy. You and everybody deserves to be happy. So what are you doing to f f fix that trauma issue is what people should be thinking about. And totally, and you know, you might know now as an adult you deserve to be happy you may have done all of that work but your inner child is still there being ignored by their parents or being treated very badly so they don't believe that they matter no you and your inner child saying well 
you can't express if you were told, oh, I don't speak up or then if you spoke up, you were getting in trouble, then, then it might have manifested into whatever illness you have as an adult. And there's so much evidence that trapped emotions create the physical conditions in the body. Isn't it in China, they go to see the, um, they go to the doctor, so the um, Chinese medicine, but they go because they're well. And I don't know whether this is true, but it's very good if it is. They treat you and you don't have to pay if you're well, but if you're ill, then you have to pay. Because if you get your energy right, and so you do your blockages, then you won't have a physical condition. Right. And, and you know, that's things like the body code where, um, is it Brad, Nel Brad Nelson, isn't it? Those trapped emotions, and he removes them with his magnets and stuff. But it's those trapped emotions that create these conditions. And there are so many trapped emotions with an unhealed inner child. Yeah, I, I find my health didn't get better be, until I started working on the, the food aspect, but also the emotional aspect too, right? And I think, I think you still have to do that as an adult. Once something, oh, yeah, like a trauma, if a trauma happens, then it's good to get some, like I had, um, I had a dog pass away in August back and 12 days before my grandmother passed away. And so those were two big losses. And for me personally, it was a lot, but I got into a grief group because I needed people who could I relate to, but also they also wanted to move past the grief, right? I, I was in that group for like 13 weeks and it was a church group. And I find I wouldn't, uh, I probably still would have been stuck in the grief if I hadn't done the work to go through that. Right. I find people, it might not be, it might only be a short time that you have to do it. I was asked to be back in the group in February. And I was at that point, I was like, I don't, I feel perfectly fine. I don't need it. Right. But I think <laughs> we all want the quick fix. And sometimes it takes a couple months or a year to move past whatever that trauma is, depending on how deep that trauma is. And yeah, if you're doing the work. People don't realize it's, I, I, I might get somebody coming to me who's 60 and they expect one session with me is going to cure them. And I'm like, well, you know, you've had these experiences or emotions at least since you were five. So that's 55 right. years that yeah. you're expecting me to unpick in one hour session. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm not Jesus. I can't no. do that. <laughs> no, only God could do miracles. <laughs> yeah. And but the thing is, and what people don't realize is you have to go on this journey of unpicking those beliefs because... Yes, it is possible to click your fingers and be healed if you're not a human. Because if I did this and I was healed and I woke up in the morning, I wouldn't know who I was. No. I wouldn't know who my husband was. I wouldn't understand why I was with my husband. 
I wouldn't know why I was a healer. All of these things. So when people want that magic pill and there is no magic pill. Oh no, there's not a magic pill. <laughs> no magic pill. You know, you can go to the doctors and you can live on pills all your life, but I can guarantee you that pill will suddenly become two and four and 16. And you look at the people who have been treating their fibromyalgia with just medications and their medications are huge and they grow. They grow. Yeah. It's crazy. I had, I had, I I had talked to someone a couple months ago and he's like, I'm 40 years old. And he's like, I'm on like 20 different medications or something crazy. And I was like, wow, that's only like at the time I was 30 and I'm 31, but I was like, he's only 10 years older than me. I'm like, that's crazy. And I find for me personally, I'm so glad I didn't go down that whole rabbit hole. of like, I did one medication and that was it for me. Right. I mean, if I had done that, I mean, 10, 11 years ago, then I would probably be on a bunch of medications maybe maybe that's a small percentage because I'm stubborn and I don't want to be I but if I was right so that's what people don't realize isn't it that the medications will make you sicker yeah it's it's side effects there's all the side effects so when you talk to someone with fibromyalgia they'll tell you about this and they'll tell you about this and they've got this and they've got that and, you know, sometimes these things are totally separate, but they all get lumped in. And it's so common that people with fibromyalgia have gut problems. Yeah, gut issues are huge. I feel like if you have some health condition, it all relates back to your gut. Oh, all dis- there's that famous quote called that is all diseases begin in the gut. And it's so true because. As a child, the first thing that you'll notice if a child has experienced abuse is that they have a tummy ache. That's it. So the yeah. teachers are primed to look for children with tummy aches because something will be going on at home. And parents need to be primed to look if they've got a tummy ache, they don't want to go to school because they're getting bullied. So knowing that, if you've got something that's come from negative childhood experiences or trauma, then you will have gut problems. It's very, very rare that you don't. You may have managed them. You may think it's normal, but yeah. our gut shouldn't behave like that. Our gut should just flow. <laughs> <laughs> it should just be normal. Yeah. You shouldn't have any issues. If you're having gut issues, you got to look deeper. And you've got to heal your gut, but you can't heal your gut until you're no longer reliving that those traumatic experiences from your childhood. Because every time you think about that, you relive it. Yeah, I I I feel like I had some issues, trauma issues in my childhood, and um, it used to be super hard, even like a couple of years ago to even talk about them. And I think it's, you, you can't, you have to move, you have to get to a point where you get past it, right? 
But what people don't realize, and people listening to this might say, well, I had nothing traumatic in my childhood. I wasn't abused. And what people oh. don't realize is that it's these little things. It's listening to your parents argue all the time. It's yeah. divorce. It's death. It's the loss of a pet. It's being bullied by your siblings. It's being ignored. It's your parents not coming to your um, parents' evening or your shows or when you bring things home, them looking at it or them having an interest in your life or even just being loved unconditionally. Yeah, I see my parents were divorced. My dad remarried. It was trauma going to that his house every weekend and stuff. There was court stuff. There was some mental stuff going on. And then when you would, they would tell us to speak up, then I would get in trouble and I would have to stand in the corner and I wasn't a bad child. Um, I didn't get in trouble in school anywhere else. I didn't get in trouble. So it was a lot of like suppressed emotions that I was dealing with. And then I was sick constantly every week. And then that last year, um, they said, oh, well, the courts were like, well, you're going to have to go every, every other weekend and you'll have to spend the night, which we didn't do before. And that's a lot of just like stress on someone who's only like 12, 13 years old at that time till eventually we moved to Arizona. But and then I had the whole thing of, well, my dad doesn't care type of thing too. So I think, I think if we don't deal with those issues, then it's just going to keep us down. And then I'm sure people with fibromyalgia, everybody has that type of like, oh, I don't feel loved or I didn't feel like I was heard. And I can, when you're talking, I can feel that still in your yeah heart area you know in your chest but yeah. um it's it's the thing you know and we think of it as normal when parents divorce we think of it as normal go to one house go to the other house right isn't go it through courts and it shouldn't be normal it's, it's not normal it's not normal I mean I um I mean it it's hard for someone especially at that age you're like oh and then if you say something, it might get told to the other house and then parents argue. And then if the courts get involved, that's an utter issue in itself. And that's the thing is that you have to, you have to, for a child who just should be able to say whatever they feel, yeah. they've got the worry of upsetting mom if you talk to dad and tell, tell him <laughs> that you're happy there. You've got the worry of upsetting mom if you right. say that you're happy there, but you can't ever be you because you're always thinking about how it's going to upset the other one. Yeah, I, I find people don't, and then I find that's happens in to your adulthood too. Then you're like, well, I'm not going to speak up and say, oh, I feel horrible with the fibromyalgia. So I'm just going to say I'm okay. And I'm like, I, I talk to so many people and they always say, I'm okay. And I'm like, really? What? 
I think that's just a common thing now. Everybody says, I'm okay. Well, what does that even mean? <laughs> because if you just yeah. said to your parents how you felt. Yeah. You want to hear. You want to be okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, you think if you yeah, like, okay. do you want to go to your dad? Your mum could have said to you, do you want to go to your dad's this weekend? And you knew your dad was expecting you to go. And you knew your dad was looking forward to you going. But you didn't want to go. You couldn't say, no, mummy, I don't want to go today because you'd let your dad down. And maybe mummy had made plans to go out with her girlfriends. And you knew that if you stayed, she would have to stop her plans. So you put everything to the back burner because you've got to keep them too happy. Yeah, luckily I was, I didn't worry what my dad thought. But I mean, for, um, um, I, it's, Sometimes it was like, you don't have a choice type of thing, right? Like the kids at that age, when the courts get involved, then you can't, there's not really much choice. They sort of, you have to do it. But I- terrifying is it for a child uh, to go to court? Yeah, I mean, I find, I mean, court and then counseling, I think they did at one point, but I mean, you find out you never want to have that like stick with you for the rest of your life type of thing, right? So imagine a life where as a child, your mummy said to you, how do you feel about this? (laughs) Well, actually, I'm really upset and I'm quite hurt and I don't understand why daddy's not here and I don't know what to do about it. And then your mummy would say, well, what what would make you feel better? And you could say, well, I'd like to do this and this. And then there would be no trauma because you would have that control. Yeah, I I find, yeah, I, I think with my story, it was more of like, okay, what can we do after you come home from the trauma, the going over to your dad's, what can you do? Like we got cookies or we had a relaxing bath type of thing for me and stuff. But I think whatever trauma we're going through in life, childhood trauma is like the biggest thing for most people. But you see, you had to sacrifice yourself for your dad. <laughs> And because, because there are so many mums who turn their children around on their dads, it's not acceptable just to say to a dad, well, actually, she doesn't want to see you at this time alone. That's what we did. That's what we did a lot of times. And you've got that pressure. But what I'm saying is that if we were led from a child's perspective, I don't think there would be half as much emotional trauma as there is and maybe you know so much less fibromyalgia yeah I uh, and other health conditions really oh totally yeah I mean where does I'm sure everybody's health condition there's something going on in the childhood area right and how and what are you going to do to turn that around is the question that's like louise hey isn't it i heard something interesting today about diabetes someone else's perspective yeah and they said 
somebody who's diabetic is very stubborn, uh, tick. Um, <laughs> doesn't want to be told things, uh, tick. Has to control everything, tick. But doesn't want to be seen to control things. Right. So when I heard that, I was like, oh my God, that is just me. <laughs> Isn't it? Um, it's amazing what we hear and then we are like, oh, that's so me. It's so me. And, you know, if I hadn't been able to have perhaps a modicum of control over my life or feel like it, then would I have developed diabetes? It's, um, it's really interesting when these things come up and you can start to unpick. And that's why unpicking your childhood with fibromyalgia is really, really helpful because you start to see that you are lovable. Yeah. That you do have a say, that you do matter, that you are safe. Right. I realized um, I did a lot of self love work um, a few years ago. And always, always cold, always cold. And I realized that actually I could go out without a coat. I didn't need to wear a hat and a scarf and gloves when it was only five degrees. Um, and then when we, when we were allowed to go places, <laughs> so not last January, January before, we went to Cornwall, me and my husband, and I wore less clothing than he did. Oh. Because if you've got that love inside you, you've got that fuzzy warmth. You don't need something to cuddle you because you've got that internal love. Mm -hmm. So then you stop being cold because you're always supported, always loved. You don't need that big cuddly jumper or that big cuddly coat to give you that hug that you never got before. I find, I find, I think, like you were saying, people, they need to feel like they're loved. And I think with these health conditions, we don't feel like we're loved. Um, I think... Certain family members could say we're loved and stuff, but then other family members aren't as loving towards us. And that might overshadow the other people in our lives. Everybody, you know, you've, you can have family members in the same family, siblings in the same yeah. family who experience things. And then of course they take on the different roles. So if you think of the four Fs, you've got fight, flight, flee, freeze, and fawn. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. normally the eldest takes on the fight because they're the ones who... Um, I was the oldest, yeah. So, you know, you fight for everything. Everything's a struggle, but you get it. Yeah. But it's I, at the end of a struggle. Yeah, I was the... I had one sister, uh, and then my stepmom had two little kids and stuff. And my dad actually dated her while she was pregnant. So he raised those kids, but they were like six. I think eight, they're quite younger than me and stuff. And my sister would be like, well, Amanda, don't say anything. We're going to get in trouble. And then I would say something. Because so, that's, it. that's how you've programmed yourself. That's your yeah. self-defense. My brother became a freeze. Well, freeze is all about depression. Right. Not, not being able to cope with life. It's just like waiting until it goes over. So yeah. every, 
the whole family can have different traits, but they're all related to the same experiences. We just chose to process them differently. Yeah, I, I totally still think my sister's, like, I think she's suppressing this emotion still. Cause she, I, I don't know if she's ever like, like, like she's always stressed out and she's always, you know what I mean? And stuff like, I think she's still holding on to things in the past, right? That's I, it. And if it's not showing up in her health, it'll be showing up in her relationships. It'll be showing up in her work. It'll be showing up in- Yeah, she's very uptight. Yeah. <laughs> and she's two years, and, and, and she was two years younger than me, so. Everybody processes everything differently. And that's why, you know, to turn around and tell somebody that they're not experiencing what they're experiencing as an adult is offensive. Yeah. But to tell a child that they're not experiencing something like that shuts them down. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think it totally shuts you down. And then you're your personality changes sort of in a way. And you don't know who you're supposed to be, do you? And when you're shut down and you don't know that, so the beauty of being a child work is that you're allowed to, you can validate how you felt. You can finally validate yeah. how you felt as a child. But if you don't get that validation, then you're never ever going to feel confident to really say how you feel. You're the yes person in the group. Do you want to do this? Yeah, yeah, that's great. What do you want to eat? Oh, I'll have the same as you. Right? Isn't that, I mean, then you just say yes to everything and then that's not helpful to you. It's, it's not serving you. Do you really want to say yes to everything or are you just going along with the crowd or you could always do your own thing, but- and You lose your identity. You don't know who you are. Yeah, and I think a lot of times with fibromyalgia, you lose your you're losing your identity in the fibromyalgia. You're saying, "Well, I have a headache. I'm fatigued. I'm in pain. So that's my identity." With that's it. You become the fibromyalgia girl, and yeah, there's so much reliance. You know, if you have a headache, well, it might not actually be your fibromyalgia. Have you drank enough water today? Have yeah, you got it, enough sleep? Right. The I I find just because it, it not it might not be fibromyalgia, and you might have. Well, did you have some gluten today? Did you did you have enough water? Are you like are your hormones balanced? Um, maybe it's that time of the month, and you have a excruciating headache. Well. That might be part of it. Um, I think whatever health issue we're dealing with, we have to look at, oh, it might be fibromyalgia, but it might be something else too. And, and that's the thing, simple isn't it? things that look, we do. Look at everything that's going on. Are you putting in foods in your body that will heal you? Or are you putting in foods which will hinder you, inflame you? There's so much evidence about an alkaline diet and an acidic diet. And yes, it doesn't, it means that you don't eat the foods that you were programmed to enjoy. You know, if you look at the adverts, there's no adverts, is there, for fruit and veg? 
No. But that's the stuff that's going to heal you. Yeah, and then there's no coupons for fruits and vegetables. The coupons are for all the, all the junk food. That's it. There's no special offers. To eat good, clean, organic food, healthy um, fruit and veg, it costs more than buying a McDonald's meal. Yeah, and McDonald's is horrible. It's it's not good for anybody, but I think people with fibromyalgia, it's, it ticks every non-box. It crosses every box. Well, and you're... Honestly, the food tastes pretty bad anyway. So once you get into eating healthy food, once you go out to, if you go out to a fast food restaurant, it doesn't, it just doesn't taste right. And it's my not husband, filling. It's not filling too. I Well, my husband, he had, um, we all, they all went, mom had um, a voucher for pizza and they all had pizza when I didn't because I am taking care of my body. And my husband ate it, and afterwards he was like, I was so excited to eat that pizza, and now I just feel bleh. And I, you feel like that every time, but we still have that excitement to eat pizza. We need to, like, just remember that it makes us feel <laughs> But it's everywhere, isn't it? It's in the films, it's in series, it's on adverts, it's a celebration thing. You're watching, uh, what's your football thing called? The Super Bowl? That's it, the Super Bowl. And, you know, it's pizza and it's barbecues and yeah. all of those types of things. Yeah. I don't know how it is in the UK, but in America, anytime it's like a holiday, it's all like, it's all about the food. And instead of saying, oh, it should be about, you should be like, well, it's about the celebration of being with family and friends and the holiday, not, not the food. The food's like taken over. And being outside in nature, rather than scoffing your face and making yourself very, very poorly, why don't you get outside in nature? Why don't you take a lovely walk? Why don't you walk along a lake or in the woods? And you'll feel so much better. Right. But I mean, that's that's a way. I mean, that's an easy thing to do. So is there, what do you recommend people do for like helping with like the trauma in their childhood? So I would say that um, I'm going to, I have a video in on YouTube and it guides you through a process of reconnecting with your inner child. And this video, this it's a guided meditation. It enables you to remember who you were remember how you felt and you're only going to remember what you're ready to remember so you're not going to suddenly remember some traumatic thing and it's going to throw you back you're only ever going to remember what you're ready to remember but what it does is it enables you to show up for your little one and validate how they felt so with you you know when you didn't want to go to your dad's it's okay. It's perfectly okay for you to speak your mind and not go and get that support. And you weren't a bad child because you didn't want to go. So it's giving your inner child that support. And then when you reconnect, 
you'll be surprised at the memories that come up and you'll be able to look at them and think, well, hang on. Why is that coming up? Now, how does, and the, one of the really good ways that your listeners could do is something that comes up now is really affecting them. Write it down, everything. Yeah, I always say write everything down. And then go back five years and look for something similar that was happening and write that down. And I always say what was happening, who was there, where it was, Mm -hmm. and how it made you feel. So if you have those four titles and complete that, like journaling, then go 10 years, same kind of experience, what was happening, who was there, where you were, and how you felt. Now, depending on how old you are, you can go back another 10 years and another 10 years. <laughs> right. Keep going back until you hit your teenage years. And then at 16, oh, 17, right, the same. Similar kind of experience, what happened, where you were, who was involved, right. and how you felt. Then jump to six to seven. And don't worry so much about the age. Just think six, seven, what happened, and your body will guide you. We always think our body can't do anything. We're programmed to think that the only thing that can help us is the doctor. But no, your body can heal. And when you tap in to that space where I am going to heal, I'm going to allow you to be heard, your body will speak. So whatever comes up around when you think about age six to seven, again, what was happening, where you were, who was involved and what you felt. Then you've got to the root of that problem. Then you go back to your little one and you say, I'm so, so sorry that you experienced that. That was happening because of this. It was nothing ever to do with you. Nope. It was, this was happening. Your mum was upset. They were breaking up. The mum didn't want to rock the boat. All of those types of things. Right. Then your little one has an explanation that doesn't involve them. So it's not their fault. So they're not bad. They're not naughty. They're not evil. They're not selfish. There's nothing wrong with them. It's what was going on and how they were dealt with because of what was going on. But can you imagine how much lighter you would feel? Yeah. Just from having that knowledge? Because then you don't feel like it's not your fault. It's never your fault. No, and we, and I think a lot of times we think it's our fault. And And we take it all internally and beat ourselves up. We beat ourselves up about it, right? It's in. So the biggest thing is you got to work on that internally and figure it out. So where can everyone find you? So you can find me at um, healingfromwithin.co.uk and I have a free Facebook group, which I'll give the link to Amanda because it's very long. I'll put it. 
But I also have, if, if this inner child work has made you think, I have a membership group and currently it's a really good price where every day I guide you back to your inner child. Yeah. So you can build that relationship and have that trusting person who is interested in you, loves you unconditionally, shows up for you every day and keeps you safe. And when you build that relationship and you have that, then you don't need to have all of these things that give you what you're getting at the moment because you already have it. That's great. So I'll give you the link for that as well. And people can have yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. And is there anything else you would like to share? I truly believe that you can manage your fibromyalgia symptoms to a very manageable, go about your day, not feeling it. Maybe feel it occasionally because life gets in the way. But it is a all-encompassing process so there's not one magic pill you can work with me and it will help you immensely but it's not going to help you as much as if you change your diet and you stop putting these toxins and these poisons in your diet you still need to have exercise it doesn't have to be joining the gym but you need to get out every single day and get the fresh air and you need to change how you think about yourself and other people and doing all of those things through my work with my clients I know this works and with myself then your symptoms will be so much less and that is what we all want people to have less symptoms and feeling better so they can enjoy life again so thank you so much for coming on thank you for having me it's been fun it's been fun